The book was better. Hello, everybody, and welcome. Welcome to another episode of the Book Was Better podcast. I am Kaylee Clark. I'm Taylor Collette. <laughs> and iPads are funny when FaceTime zooms in on the wrong person. Okay. <laughs> um, before we dive into the episode, uh, just a quick reminder that we are finishing up our current reading calendar. And so if you have suggestions or recommendations on books slash movies slash TV shows mm, um, that we should include on our next reading calendar, head on over to our social media. Um, we've got a post on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, everything, all the things that you can um comment on or shoot us a dm or send us an email at tbwbpodcast at gmail.com um and we'll take your suggestions into consideration while we schedule out uh what the next three months are gonna look like otherwise i don't think there's anything else announcement wise right uh, i don't think so i mean with that in mind uh keep an eye on our socials um as we're going to be posting the next reading calendar in the next couple of weeks as we approach the end of March. Um, and if you have been following the reading calendar, you know there was a slight mix-up <laughs> where we, for some reason, were under the strong impression. Listen, I'm <laughs> asking this question on our social media because it cannot just be us. I swear, this has got to be a Mandela effect kind of thing. Because honestly, how many other people... We're under the impression that there were three Percy Jackson movies. Is it just like the it fact that we, we wanted like a clean, even three numbers? I don't know. But I don't know. We thought there know. was a third. There's not. So our calendar says that um, the last Wednesday of March is going to be the third Percy Jackson. It Nope. It will not be that because that doesn't exist. So instead, we're going to shift into kind of our spring themed episodes a little bit early. Um, so we're going to start with. Um, which one are we doing? Charlotte's Web. That's what we're doing. Yep. Um, so we're going to start with Charlotte's Web. Comparing it to the Dakota Fanning movie, because I feel like that's kind of like the classic. That's the one that most people have heard of or have seen. So we will be doing that one. There's instead. a lot, but yeah, that's the one. That's the one I we're remember watching do. in school. So that's the one we're going to do. <laughs> hey, it's one I can watch with my children around. So yeah, yeah. I'll take it. Um, but otherwise, Speaking of children, if you uh, if you hear any or barking or puffing i have a, oh i was gonna say my children are asleep what do you mean speaking of children <laughs> no my little dog child is um out he's sitting on the couch next to me he's being really good right now but we'll see this episode <laughs> it'll be an adventure so it's gonna be an adventure either way so <laughs> that is true so with that we can transition Looks. smoothly 
into the bulk of this episode, which is talking about Percy Jackson, Sea of Monsters, the second book in the Percy Jackson and final series, movie. but final movie in the series, which is we're going to get into that, how that doesn't work. Listen, OK. <laughs> OK, so listen. Rick Riordan, I'm making a mental note to say his name correctly. Good for um, you. If you missed the mini-sode last week, we talked a little bit about discovering the correct way, apparently, to say his name. In Percy Jackson and the Olympian Sea of Monsters, the book was published in 2006, a year after the first book, right? Very normal, very regular for that to happen. However, this movie came out in 2013, which is three years after the first movie came out. Because the Which first really should movie. have just told them that they shouldn't have even continued. That should have been yeah. another Aragon thing where they realized that they messed it up so, so badly bad. with the first one. That there was just no coming back from it. And it didn't need a rushed, crappily made finale Sequel. or whatever you want to yeah. call it. Because it doesn't, it doesn't even really do that great of a job at like wrapping up loose ends or f like finishing. It's just more the story. confusing. So, it's bad. We've got a whole new lineup, and to be fair, this team of people really had a very difficult task given to them because they were told no more movies. Yeah, you know, like going into this. They were like, hey, we're not going to do all five. Like, you need to finish things and wrap things up in this one. I would not want to be given that task myself. So, you know, I'm not going to be quite so harsh. I mean, once we get to our comments, we'll still come across as quite harsh. But just know that I'm not actually judging <laughs> these people that harshly because I understand that they were given an impossible task. So our director was good old Thor Freudenthal. I mean, if there was a better person to direct a movie about some demigods, I don't know if a better person could be found than Thor. Um, but um, but um, screenplay was done by Mark Guggenheim. Music was done by Andrew Lockington and casting by Alyssa Weisberg. So there's there's our lineup. There's our crew. There's the people that you can either lay blame upon or thank for the few saving graces that we might find in this just total crapshoot. Um, <laughs> how do I even sum this up? Because the book and the movie are so different. They're not the same. OK, here, this is what I'll say. Percy Jackson, Sea of Monsters. Oh, no, the magical border surrounding the camp is starting to struggle. I know what we can do to fix it. We need the golden fleece. Let's send somebody on a quest to retrieve said golden fleece. Oh, no, quest doesn't get given to Percy. It gets given to Clarice. That's basically where the movie and book end, having any sort of similar storyline. OK, after that. They just go in completely different directions because then the movie goes into, oh, and also 
Kronos is back and we resurrect him in final battle and destruction and Percy wins and everybody lives happily ever after. The book, there's many more books. There's so. three more books to get into that. So it's a little bit of a mess and um, our comments about it may be a little bit of a mess too because it's hard to compare this book with the movie when the movie had to finish things but they completely it's not like they added things in from books four three four and five it was let's try and keep as much of book two as possible and then just have this real ramshackle thrown together yeah they, final battle with chronos that doesn't make much sense they could have done oh and luke had a cruise ship so let's give him a yacht close enough, right? <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna get into that here in a second but okay. <laughs> i think it's just like they should have I feel like they, yeah, they took Sea of Monsters and then tried to shoehorn in a bunch of final book stuff when what they should have done is looked at the remaining four books as a whole and created almost an entirely new storyline and an entirely new plot line that spanned the important parts of all of them. Like... You can call it Sea of Monsters or they could have just, you know, called it whatever the last one is. Like, you could have done whatever you wanted to. Or just called it, like, Percy Jackson and the Olympians. Yeah. Boom. That's it. Just, 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 it's just all of it. Or, or and the, the battle know. of, the battle of Kronos, you know, whatever you want to call it. And then do your own thing rather mm -hmm. than try to give us Sea of Monsters, but also try to give us the other three books at the same time. It was just poor choices. And do it so poorly. <laughs> but yeah, so we're going to get into it. Um, when we talked about the lightning thief, we were joined by We Ship It podcast. And that was fun. If you haven't listened to that one yet, I know it's a long one, but you really should because it's good. Um, but in that one, I mean, we always have our guest hosts go first. But other than them, I quote unquote went first. So so Taylor's going to going to lead us through through our grievances yes. this time. And so. let's start by talking about the fact that they must have had no budget for this film <laughs> because and I think the biggest giveaway of this is the fact that Luke is supposed to have a cruise ship full of monsters and demigods and all this stuff. And they were like, well, we can't afford that. So let's just give him a yacht because we can afford to rent with a like a handful of monsters. Yeah. Like clearly in the movies, he's not as successful as leading people away as he is in the books. <laughs> yes. So I just think it's I feel like that is the biggest takeaway from the budget thing is cruise ship yacht. Like that kind of shows you the scale comparison and there's obviously other parts that show how bad the budget was like well and i can't like how bad the cgi is just in general the entire thing like it's just like kind of like the cgi movie. is bad the makeup is bad yeah like the can we Clarice's, you know zombie crew like that zombie oh, crew yeah. makeup is awful can we just talk about the fact that like the first movie Obviously didn't perform well because we go listen no. to the last episode to hear all of our thoughts on that one. So yeah. <laughs> and then, as we've just mentioned, the fact that they even decided to make a second one is surprising. 
So I get why they didn't have a budget because <laughs> I'm like, no, no one wants to put a ton of money into it. They'd make they they weren't going to make their money back. I think I remember reading somewhere that the only reason that they I, I think that, that it was like contracted for the actors. Uh, okay. To get like so many movies or something. Two. That's such a random number. I no. I think it was supposed to be three. And then they just performed so bad that they just had to break contract. Yeah. I don't know exactly. I can't remember. But okay. I think I remember reading at one point in life that that was that had something to do with why three years later they like still, you know, released another one is some sort of contract thing that they had, but Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Um yeah, so it's just it's hard enough to do all the things that they wanted to do with this movie. You know, it's hard enough to have this crazy quest and have this final battle against the Titan, like do all of this stuff. It's hard enough to make a movie of that. But the try to make a movie of that on a non-existent budget. I It, it shows mm -hmm. it shows it does. It shows and a lot. It, yeah, as my number three will attest. And so I I think that a lot of the problems that I have with this film in comparison to the book is that you don't get that grandiose of scale and we'll kind of, you know, our, our further points will probably just testify of that even more. Yep. But I think that they really had to cut stuff down and they had to make these choices because of a lack of budget that really made it feel kind of high school, like not world ending craziness. More just like this tiny little group of people is going to be affected. It's not like, hey, if this goes bad, everyone is going to die. Everyone like worldwide. Yeah. Effectiveness. Yeah. So I think that, yeah, it just it didn't, didn't feel like apocal apocalyptic. Yeah, there you go. And like and all be all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's my number three. Which I know kind of leads kind of into yours. Yeah. <sighs> Sorry, I like specifically wanted to just talk about just how I couldn't. I couldn't stop like the entire movie. Just it was so distracting how badly done the CGI is like. It's so bad, like Tyson's eye is the worst thing. It's it's. It's not even where an eye would be for a Cyclops. Why is it right on top of his nose? That's not how. No. If you only if the bone structure was, you know what I mean? You know, like just like it didn't it doesn't make sense to be there. It was like blurry looking and like just so obviously just like crappily, just like pasted on. It's just it's so bad. The Cyclops eye is so bad. And the other Cyclops like. Not as b bad because more of them are monsterish, whereas Tyson, you know, is more humanoid. But still, like, 
It's ridiculous. It it was so distracting. Anytime Tyson was on screen, it was so distracting and hard for me to focus on what actually needed to be focused on because it was just Tyson's eye looks so bad. That's like all my brain could think about. Um, as well as like the crib disc scene. Not great. And like when they're inside the stomach, like it. Like which, what was that supposed which, to be? They're not even supposed to be. But anyways. I know. Also, doesn't happen in the book. It's so fine. why would you waste your budget? It's different. your non-existent it's different. budget on that. I know. I know. I know. Because they probably didn't want to do anything with Skyla or Sila or Scylla or however you say that. However Listen, the heck you these say. These are them. some hard names to say. We We're looked be up some of these names. Wrong. I tried to look up pronunciations and I got varied results. So we got varied answers. So we're trying our best. But yeah, it was um, just in general, and that's more budget issues, I know. And but but again, it's like if you're going to release a movie, why wouldn't you release a movie that you're proud of? And like, I can't imagine the people being proud of that work. Yeah. You know, it's just not good. Like Lord of the Rings came out when in like the oh. early 2000s. Yeah. And I, I know you're talking budget-wise, like, completely no, different I budgets for those movies. No, I think Lord of the Rings came out in the 90s. No, it didn't. They were made in the 90s, though. No, they weren't. I'm pretty sure they were. I'm looking there's it up. There's no, no, there's no way. Because, Taylor, I, I remember watching that. I remember, I can remember when they were coming out. And Lord I was born the Rings, in 1994. The Fellowship of the Ring came out in 2001, which means that it started getting made late 90s. But it was released in the early 2000s. Thank but you. I, I was said right. it was okay. made in the 90s. Go we were both trying. right. Okay, you can try. I was right. It was in the early 2000s. I remembered them coming out in theaters as a child. So I was like, they, they couldn't have been released in the 90s. I would have yeah, been too they young. They came out 2001, but, 2002, um, 2003. <laughs> they were on it. Yeah. They were on it, as most movies are. Like, most movies are made. That's why, again, it's weird that this one came out three years later. But again, okay, to your point, then fine. That first movie was filmed and produced yeah. in the late 90s there you go. still. Thank you. Probably. And, like, it's special effects and CGI oh, and yeah. makeup and stuff Amazing. were a gazillion times better than this movie made almost 15 years later. Like, Yeah. yeah. So... Just the special effects and the CGI. It was just so bad. So that's my number three. Yep. Fair enough. You go ahead and start your number two. I'm going to get a drink really quick. Okay. I will say really quick, the one thing that I do, like one positive note, it's not even positive fully, but the part, the scene where Percy like lands on Luke's ship, that scene is hilarious i don't like it's just something about the like idea of percy just landing on the roof of this yacht and being like luke and luke's just like dude don't land on the roof of my ship like come on i have this tiny yacht it's all i have and you're just like it's so awkward and funny so i'll give him that <laughs> So that scene was at least one plus of the yacht, but that's the only good thing that came from any of it. 
No, the um, only redeeming feature of this movie, and this is an early honorable mention, but the only, and this is in my notes, I said, the only good part about this whole movie is Nathan Fillion. <laughs> <laughs> Nathan Fillion as Hermes is that the was, only yeah. good thing about that this movie. <laughs> that was good. Oh, man. Um, okay. My number two. What was it? I have to look because there's so much that I wanted to say. I can't remember what I actually picked. Oh, right. So obviously there's, there's so a much I wanted to say. There was a lot. So obviously Max there's a just lot. just looks so happy to be involved. He's just sitting there on your couch, like so proud of himself. He's just like looking right at me on my iPad like I'm included. <laughs> yes. He likes to watch screens. He's like fascinated by moving images. So you on the screen, he keeps looking over like, what? What's up, Max? Uh, okay. <laughs> Anyways, um, so obviously there's a lot of big changes in the movie um, that they had to cut out some characters and they had to cut, cut out some scenes. Like, I get it. They were trying to do too much. Again, they were given an impossible task. Yes. So I'm not mad at them. I'm just these are two specific parts that I was really sad we didn't get to see in the movie that I really liked in the book. One, Cersei, Cersei, however you want to say her name, C-I-R-C-E. She, they like mention her and they have her land, which is like this abandoned amusement park. And that's where the Cyclops is. It's real confusing. In the book, it's like she's still there and they go to her. That's like where they end up after the crash. They end up in Cersei's. Because that's what happened frequently. Yeah, she gets a lot of people who get shipwrecked. Like strays, stranded people. Yeah. (laughs) And she really likes women and she turns men into pigs traditionally. Guinea pigs. But in the modern, uh, modernized version, guinea pigs, which is hilarious. It is a hilarious Again, it's the clever stuff that we're totally missed out on. Ugh. And then it's like men really? are pigs. Modern men are guinea pigs. Like, it's just funny. It's funny. Okay. Don't get butthurt about it. It's just funny. But it's really <laughs> a good scene. And it's really important for Annabeth's character development and Percy yep. and Annabeth's relationship well, and development. Relationship. Uh-huh. And Percy's development because he like when he has that moment of being a guinea pig and being helpless, like that is a a kind of a traumatic moment for him. That also, he because looks they're back 13 on. in the book. They're 13. Oh, yeah. We talked about ages and the age change already in the last one. So I'm not gonna so we're not get gonna into bring it, it up. Lot, but I am still just gonna I still have to mention it, you know, just like yeah. keep in mind that in the book, they're supposed to be 13, whereas in the movie, they're like 19 now. Okay? Yeah, they like, suddenly are way older, like way yeah, older. They're very old. They're very old. Um, oh, and Annabeth is suddenly blonde, but. Oh, OK, we're going to we're going to pause. At least it tells me that. The director screenplay. Somebody was aware that we were mad. Annabeth did not have her blonde hair. Okay. But then (laughs) they decide to give her the worst dye job I've ever seen in a movie. Like it's not even a good blonde. They wanted it to look 
somewhat realistic because her hair was like such a dark homemade for like she did that yeah, out of a I don't box know. like what at camp yeah yeah because it it's looks lemon trashy juice. you know the old lemon juice trick <laughs> it looks terrible so that's another thing with i guess they had no budget for a good wig <sighs> anyways back to cersei I just think that that scene, they could have cut it down for sure. Like you could have gotten through it quickly, but I think it would have been really fun and really cool to see. But also, I guess the relationship development was kind of thrown out the window. Anyways, mm -hmm. so so that was one scene that I wish I could have seen. And the other one is the part with the sirens. Yes. Which, again, talk about Annabeth's character development this idea where she has them tie her to the mast so that she can listen to what the sirens sing because it reveals like your greatest weakness. Your fatal flaw. Fatal, yeah, there you go. Mm -hmm. Fatal flaw. And how she figures out her fatal flaw and it really helps her to grow as a character and for her to realize that, yes, she does have this kinship with Luke, that like it is highly possible that in other circumstances, she might have gone with him. And mm -hmm. for her to come face to face with that and be able to overcome that flaw so that in the end, you're like, oh, yeah, Annabeth's not going to side with Luke because she's come to terms with stuff that he never did. And the fact that she can, you know, do that is all because of this scene with the sirens. And again, it could have been a quick scene couple minutes and it would have been really cool and this whole idea of the sirens is really cool and they like again mention the sirens because they have like the stupid cafe the sirens cafe where they like serve the ambrosia so it's so dumb it's so dumb and the nectar yeah it's like oh yeah you haven't lived until it's like no no that's not what it is this isn't yeah like <laughs> like the nectar and ambrosia are like the food of the gods and if you have too much you die like <laughs> no you literally spontaneously combust yeah so like no it's not yeah. something you'd serve at a cafe and why is it a sirens cafe the sirens are not good like i just it was just weird choices yeah. like that where i'm like i get it was a hard task but why did you decide to do that of all things so i guess maybe so. we can still put some blame there on mark yeah. guggenheim yeah yeah i'm gonna so that's my number two i'm gonna limit it to just those two things those two major scenes that we yeah. were missing that i really wish that we had had so i'll call it there and let you uh S take over Similarly, with my number two, I'm going to limit it to just two people, just because so many of the characters in this movie get just the short end of the stick and their character development is trashed. And there's just like no justice for like any of these characters that did have and should have had like a more lengthy character development and growth and, you know, life lessons learned and blah, blah, blah. So yeah. I'll start specifically with Clarice. 
since she was a big part of this one and um, not even in the first one. Their biggest mistake was not putting her in the first one. And so then trying to force some sort of rivalry between her and Percy in this movie didn't go very well. I hated the clerk. I, I did not like who they she, cast as Clarice. She did all. not fit my image in the least. In the slightest. Like they wanted like, to make her like hot or something. I don't know. They like refused to have her be like a bigger like they, actress, they, which she's like, supposed to be. Be Clarice. Yeah. She's supposed to be this like big, like physically, like looks physically strong, like built muscle, short hair. Like she's Burly. supposed to be masculine. Yeah. Which is like she's a masculine so woman. What's wrong with being a wasky, a masculine woman? Like, a why'd West you have to woman? make Clarice this tiny? Listen, <laughs> why'd you have to make Clarice this tiny, skinny, you know, conventionally attractive? That, yep. It's who dumb. didn't act like Clarice at all? No. And like, where's the short so, temper? Where's the anger? Where's the and the rivalry between mm. Percy and Clarice isn't the same, like, at all. It's, like, not there at all. It's, like... No, because they, they didn't have the relationship from a previous movie slash book to build well, on. And they didn't put Ares in the first movie, so there's no, like, you beat up my dad yeah. aspect. Nope. Yeah. And then there's not that additional pressure either on Clarice from her dad, because, hey, yeah. that Percy punk beat, him up. beat me up, you know? Like... <laughs> Yeah, and they so still don't I just, put I, I, Ares I, in this one. There's like that whole scene no. where Clarice talks with Ares, and they didn't even put that in. They really don't like Ares. They really didn't want to cast someone for Ares. I guess not. But like, goodness, like Clarice was awful. She was not cast well, not portrayed well. Her not character wasn't well. given justice at all. Not written well. Just it's, it was just bad. Yeah. And then I know I already kind of touched on this in the first one, but I have to touch about on it more and talk about it more is Luke. Like, yep. yep. You don't get any of his background, really. You don't you don't understand he just why seems bitter and he just seems like this punk teenager. Like you don't empathize with him at all. At all. You just kind of no, hate him. I think it's I mean, I think Steph put it best in the first episode when you said he's just an asshole. <laughs> Yeah, like, that's that's what he is. Like that's all. Like, like but there's there's so much more to that than I, I, I really like even Luke the first the time books. I read this series. I remember just going through so many emotions when it came to Luke's character. Yeah, and feeling that betrayal when he betrayed Percy. Oh, I loved then, him in the first one. Yeah, I was like. So and sad. Then, yeah, and then feeling so torn throughout the rest because you learn all of this backstory about not only his relationship with his dad, Hermes, and the other gods, but also what that relationship has done to his mom and, like, yeah. the, like just how it's affected his life, like, just in general. And, like, the throwaway and quest And so much more that he than even some other demigods. And, like, yeah. how he almost lost his eye and all that, like... There's just so much more that goes into his character that makes you understand why he's making the decisions he's made. Yeah. And that he really it, it's one of those. It's the thing that makes a villain a good villain. A good villain is a good villain 
doesn't think they're in the wrong. A good villain thinks they're doing the right thing. They don't think they're doing something wrong or he's evil. more of an he's the he's the anti-hero, you know? Well, especially because in the books, by the end of it, you you see it in him. Like mm-hmm. Luke realizes like this wasn't the right way. I shouldn't have done this, well, because but it was too late at that point. He fully isn't the villain. You know, Kronos is the villain and you Kronos see is the, how Kronos has manipulated Luke. Luke and yep. you realize you. And so mm-hmm. by the end, when Luke like finally realizes and then when Luke dies, it's like you're so sad about it. You're so sad. You're so sad. It's about heartbreaking. It. Whereas in the movie, you're like, yeah, he can die. <laughs> He's annoying. I like, don't like him. You don't care about Luke at all in the movie. And so those are my, I mean, I could touch on so many different characters. But those are my big ones is yeah. Clarice. You you don't end up caring about her at all. And Luke, you don't end up caring about him at all because they just do such a bad job. Um. Okay, so then honorable mentions. I mean, my big one was Nathan Fillion's awesome and I do really like him. And when I saw that they were making this movie and I saw that he was going to be playing Hermes, I was like, hey, maybe this one won't be so bad. Yeah, I was like, like, oh, it was all I needed to feel hope. (laughs) But I was wrong. (laughs) I was so very wrong. Well, I already mentioned that one funny scene with the boat was great. I I enjoyed that part. I mean, we've mentioned a lot of honorable mentions already. Um, Um, Oh, can I say that the Thalia stuff was oh. just so poorly done as well. It yeah. was just bad. Again, it's similar and to the Clarice thing where they didn't mention it at all in the first one. And then they tried to introduce mm-hmm. it in this one and it just did not work. Well, but again, and I guess going back to the CGI thing, specifically even the CGI of like her turning into a tree. It was so oh, bad. Oh, it was so bad. It was so bad. But with that, like the whole Thalia, Luke, Annabeth trio complicated feelings emotions yep like that's all you don't get any of that like Mm -hmm. and like thalia herself you don't you don't really learn anything about her so you don't really care about her at all yeah that too as well um um what else? I mean, I mean there's still don't so get Annabeth's much. hat, like her, yep. her, you know, invisibility cap, her Yankees cap. Nope. Or her knife. Um, the her stuff st- with, you know, her stuff with the stuff with poly. Mm, here it is again. Polyphemous, poly, polyphemous sheep. Mm-hmm. Polyphemous just sheep. Yes. Um, how the sheep eat people, the cannibal sheep. <laughs> mm hmm. The sheep. Well, yeah, they're there to help defend the fleece. Yeah. But in the movie, the they're whole like. The thing with Polyphemus Polyphem- is also. He ate his sheep because he got weird. so hungry. And I was like, what? Yeah, it didn't make sense. It was dumb. It yeah. was stupid. Yeah. Also, how Grover got there is stupid. It's just, yeah, he's supposed to be searching for they Pan. They completely skipped over Grover's quest to be searching for Pan. Like yeah. this big thing for all satyrs. Like, seriously, such a big deal. And they're just like, yeah. nah, not important. Which, I mean, to be fair, I guess in the end, it really isn't that I important. I guess it's not. Because there's no more they didn't keep making any movies. movies but. So. But I, yeah, I, 
I'm trying not to because I have a lot I'm going to talk about in my number one. Well, we can just move on to our number one then. Yeah. And if I if I think of any like I'll just throw them in with there because my number one's pretty uh, expansive because there's a lot. I want to I want to talk about it's is a lot. Uh, so the main yeah. thing and this is specifically what I wrote in my text to Kaylee to tell her what my three were. I said, trying to cram five books into two movies and failing miserably. <laughs> yes. Because they did. They did. Because here's my thing. Where do I even start? <laughs> the Percy Jackson and the Olympian series has a lot of depth and a lot of underlying storylines and parts that you read in the first one and don't really think about until the third or the fourth. And then you're like, wait, this is really important. Mm -hmm. And there's all of this. He does such a good job of uh, foreshadowing. It's so well done. And a lot of buildup. You get a lot of character buildup, relationship buildup. And then by the end, it all comes to fruition. And you're so, you have so many emotions, so many feelings about it. Because you've been on this long five book journey with all these characters. And to try to do that in just two movies. No, don't chew on the wire. To try to do that in just <laughs> two movies is. Really doesn't. Work. Impossible. It's impossible. You know, like they gave it their best shot. But overall, it, it is impossible to do. I'm and I'm sure they gave it their best shot. Uh, yeah, okay. I don't they gave think it they a did. shot. <laughs> And so you just miss out on so much of the depth and so much cleverness. And we kind of talked about this in the last one, the last mm -hmm. episode, how there's a lot of cool mythological details that Rick puts into his books that you don't get in the movies. Like the whole thing with um, Prome Prometheus? No, Pre what's Polyphemus? Polyphemus. There's, there's a lot of. Greek figures with very similar names. <laughs> Sometimes yes. they get all jumbled. Wait, are we talking about the Cyclops? The Cyclops, the yes. Yes. Yeah, Polyphemus. Poly Polyphemus. Poly Poly oh. However you want to say it. Polyph Polyphemus. Polyphemus. I don't know. <laughs> the Cyclops, dude. He, the original yeah. story of um, the, that Cyclops yeah. is in the Odyssey with Odysseus. Yep. And Odysseus... And he's all like, who's there? No, no one. one. And he's nobody. And so the fact mm -hmm. that in the book, Percy, you know, they use that same knowledge. And he's like, nobody. Like, I remember you. And it's so clever and so fun to incorporate that in. And then it's the same yep. thing with, like, the Golden Fleece. Like, the story of Jason and the Argonauts going after the Golden Fleece. And that's when you get the... Uh, Cherbidus and the Cribdis. <laughs> Cribdis and the Scylla and all those stories come from the Jason and the Golden Fleece and the way he combines those yeah, myths. Yeah, Jason and the Argonauts. And then modernizes them and puts them into Percy's world is so good. And this movie didn't do any of it. <laughs> and it makes yeah, me sad. Basically. It makes me real sad. So, yeah, I, that's my long rant. Because um, it's just, it really, and that's why I'm Again, so for excited. Like, for people like us who were and so still are, into, you know, like, huge geeks for mythology. But, it, 
it's just watching this movie basically just made me sad that I don't have a good film version of these of this story of, yeah. you know, the Percy Jackson story and does make me look forward a lot more to the Disney Plus series they're planning yes. on doing. But I hope they know because how high of expectations we all have for them. Yeah. And I think they do. And I think they've learned that when it comes to book series that are this big, turning them into TV shows tends to go over well because you can include more of those details yeah. in a TV show than you can in a movie. But it just honestly, this movie, it made it made me just the whole time just sad that I didn't have a good version because it was like, man, this scene that doesn't exist in the movie would have been so cool. Yeah. To see. To if see they on the screen into the movie, like yeah, like and just that's, over and over again, I found myself having that thought. So, mm -hmm. and that's definitely my main problem with this movie is that they're just they there was no way for them to do it justice. It was, no. and so I was going to be unhappy no matter what, and yeah. <laughs> it's and just I was. a bummer. I was very unhappy. <laughs> and I feel like, again, like we kind of mentioned earlier, if they had just taken it from a four book big picture perspective, we probably could have gotten something a little more decent from a relationship standpoint with Percy and Annabeth, because that's a whole hot mess mm -hmm. from a, you know, understanding why Luke chose to help. Because you don't get. I'm going to get into that more in my number Yeah. One, but you just don't. There's a lot that you're missing for character depth, development, backstories that you're just not getting. And so the movie comes across as very shallow and mm. it comes across as rushed. It comes across as just. Oh, it's it looks lackluster so thrown together. Yeah. So thrown together. It's like, is this a major production or is this, you know, some like snappy, like college production crew that threw this together? Oh, no, this was made by a major film production. How? How? Like, How? Like, especially yeah. the scenes on the yacht look like something a bunch of college students made. I'm just yeah. going to be real. So I've seen it's college. I've seen college films that, that are, better. are better than this movie. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, there's just a level of grace that I give to book to movie adaptations. And this one was so far beyond that I, it, there was no way I could ever give them enough grace to make this movie okay. Again, that only redeeming thing being Nathan Fillion this is a completely different <laughs> oh. yeah yeah Nathan Fillion no um the fact that this crew was given something oh, yeah that was impossible to do from the start. broken yeah they, they were given something very poorly done in the first place and then they were asked to fix and finish it yeah because they had no, they didn't make the decision to not include Clarice in the first one. They didn't make the decision to not 
you know, do just do things differently. Like it, they, it wasn't up to them. So they were given this very poorly done first film and then given the task to complete it in just one movie when the books yeah. are five long. Like it just wasn't. It was just bad good. from the get go. It was bad. It was going to be bad. They again. I'm being very serious when I say it was an impossible task, but. Mm -hmm. My. Um, number one. Is just the final fight with Kronos. Um, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. I didn't actually time it, but I'm pretty dang sure if you did, the whole thing happens in under three minutes. <laughs> A matter of minutes. Like, yeah. It is seriously so anticlimactic. And I think the funniest. You don't even really feel all that much suspense. I think the funniest kind of comparison like, oh, no. is he thinking about Grover. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What? This battle takes place in, you know, let's say tops <coughs> 10 minutes tops. And then you think about the fact that the third Hobbit movie is one whole battle. Like the entire movie is a final battle. So like two, yeah. almost three hours of battle. And this movie is like, now we can do it in 10 minutes. OK, but no movie <laughs> No movie franchise will ever compete with the Lord of the Rings franchise with how they do battles. Okay? I know, but it's just that they grand, that. <laughs> that grand scale. I feel like that's the top. Yeah. And this is the bottom. <laughs> it's so bad. And then again, you go into CGI issues again with just how stupid Kronos looks and the fact that they didn't give him a host body like they were supposed to. Yeah. Luke becomes Kronos in the sense that he hosts Kronos in his own body. Instead, they did this weird like flying material matter flying around and forming and reforming his body as he walks. And it just didn't make any sense. No. At all. It was stupid. Um, it was stupid. They still had the coffin sarcophagus thing still for some reason that didn't really matter in the end. Fulfill anything. Yeah. Um, but so that part was dumb. Kronos himself looked dumb. The fact that the battle was over so quickly was so just that's supposed to be the climax of this story. This is the prophecy. This is the battle of the prophecy. This is so bad. It's just. But then you have the really stupid looking. It just left me what they're called, but like the hybrid creature thing. What's it called with mm -hmm. the scorpion tail and the oh, face the, of a lion? Um, the not. Oh, oh, my goodness. What is I happening? Know, what are they called? Man. Why can't I think mandrake? of what? No, uh, that's <laughs> no, it's not a mandrake. That Chimera? comes from Harry Potter. Uh, a chimera. Yes. <laughs> The chimera looked awful, okay? But then you get the stupid chimera, puncture, like, piercing Annabeth in this most obvious, like, Annabeth's a better fighter than, okay, I'm. it's just so bad anyway, but I guess in the movies, Annabeth's character is not that great anyway, so yeah, it's she not so surprising sucks. that she would just kind of 
be completely unaware of her surroundings and they compared get to plainly. Let's in, mm-hmm. talk about the fact that in the actual final battle in the fifth book, when Annabeth does get severely injured, because she does. It's, it's because she's protecting oh, Percy that she is so beautiful. She protects his his, his one spot. You oh. don't get any of this in the movies, no. though. So it just makes her look stupid. And then that whole scene of her, quote unquote, dying and Ugh. then reviving her with the fleece is the most ridiculous thing I have ever seen. I did not feel any sadness. Nah. I did not feel any sympathy or empathy. All I felt was awkwardness. The lines that were written, the way those lines were delivered, it was, it was all so bad. It didn't, it didn't, it was just bad. I'd like to think that uh, Alexandra Daddario or whatever the actress's name is, that she's a better actress than that when it comes to playing out that you're in pain and that you're dying or whatever was supposed to be happening there. But she did a very bad job. Percy, Logan Lerman. Did not do a good job at acting concerned or worried or like the love of his life was dying in front of his eyes. Like, you didn't get any of that from that scene. And then it was just like, hey, if anybody else wants to die, now's the time to do it. We've got this here. It was stupid and I hated it. And the whole thing was just, it just was so bad. That whole final fight It was stupid and I hated it. It was stupid and I hated it. And I want those hours of my life back. Okay, thanks. Yeah. yeah. Oh, have I told you all that I haven't seen this film before? This was my first time. Oh, I didn't actually know that. I thought you'd seen it once before. I don't think I have. Mm. Maybe I have. And it was so bad that I you literally it from just your like memory? pushed it out of. That's possible. Definitely but possible. I don't think when it came out, I remember being like, oh, Nathan Fillion's in this one. Like. Maybe I'll watch it. And then I don't think I ever did. I definitely didn't go see it in theaters. I don't own this one like the first one. I don't know. I don't know. This one was real bad. Doesn't have any redeeming qualities, really. Not really. So, so bad, in fact. And we knew there were so many differences. We didn't even bother asking for fan faux pas for this one. It was just like, listen. We know it's bad. Everyone knows it's bad. It's bad. And it's just bad. And we're just going to get through it (laughs) and then move on to something hopefully better. That was basically where we were at with this. Because, yeah, it's because to sum it up, painful. It's bad and you shouldn't watch it. (laughs) Not worth. It's really not worth your time. It's I. Amazed it had a theatrical release at all. You yeah. know how there are those movies that are like straight to DVD release? Yeah. This was a straight to DVD release movie that somehow made it in theaters still. Yeah. I don't. I don't get it. I don't know how it happened. It doesn't make any sense. And yet here we are doing this on it. So um, just giving it more attention more than it reason, needed. All the more hope and reason to pray that this Disney Plus series gives us the Percy Jackson we all rendition need. that we've we need that we deserve. <laughs> Have they released anything on that yet? Like casting, director, release, date, any of that? Still no. very because 
It's very conceptual. Rick has already been talking about it. They had open casting calls for a while there. Um, And then they finally they've cast them, but they have not said they haven't told us who smart, smart. That's very smart of them. Smart. (laughs) It's tough. It's like, you know how they're doing the new Avatar, The Last Airbender. Um, On Netflix, on Netflix. And they just released the cast and it's like, oof. Luckily, that one actually looks pretty good, in my opinion. But I know that there was a lot of controversy. Yeah, I agree. So I understand Disney wanting to play it safe with this. Yeah, I'm I'm reading about it now. Okay. The project has been in development since May of 2020. Okay, so I'm sure COVID slowed a lot of things down. <laughs> Probably. Yep. Like a lot. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not seeing anything about I'm, I've like even specifically looked at like casting like maybe and um no not yet i think the smartest thing they can do is kind of pull a a harry potter and do a bunch of actors who really are not very big and no one's really heard of and let this be like their big first role yeah okay well i guess that just leaves us with our final question here of (laughs) Was the book better? Yeah. I mean, no. Yes. Gazillion all, percent. Like All just, the books were better than this one movie. <laughs> makes me think, I'm like, what's... This might be the worst one. This has <laughs> got to be the worst. I'm like trying to think of... I mean, that one we did last year around this same time. The, the Irish one. Why can't I think of it? She goes to Ireland. P.S. I love you. That one was pretty dang bad when you looked oh, at the movie versus yeah. the book with just like how different they were. That one was bad, but I, I think this may be the worst. Like both of these movies, just this is the worst adaptation. Just because of the covered. potential that it could have had. So you best believe when the Disney Plus version eventually comes out. We're going to do a whole series on it. A little touch up. Yeah, I just can't. It's so bad. Yeah. P.S. I Love You was also very bad. My Sister's Keeper was also very bad. But this one was just. Yeah. That's probably the bottom. It's a series. You have more. You have more time. You have more space and room. They didn't, though. Given to you to make it good and actually match the books because you have multiple of them. To spread things out over, and they still did such a bad job. It just... I don't know. Here, Honestly, at this point, it's one of those things where it's like, how can the Disney Plus version be worse? It can't. It can't. So anything Disney Plus produces at this point... Is going to be better. Will be better, and that will give us some... Some... Something, you know? Yeah. But... Uh, thanks for tuning in. We are going to be talking more next week in our mini-sode about the Percy Jackson books that we don't get movies for. Just to kind of finish up the series in our own little way. Mm -hmm. And then we will finish our reading calendar with Charlotte's Web on the 30th. And then we will be releasing a new one. So be on the lookout for a new reading calendar end of this month. And again, get your suggestions in to us if you 
want us to cover something specific. Yep. And I think that covers it. So we hope that you all have a great week. And don't forget to read. <laughs>